Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. But Joe gave him nothing to think about. He gave because him... Because he, he can't. And that's, well, this the, is that's the, the point. He... Because he can't. Joe Joyce can only do one thing. Make some yeah. tea. You've been told before. Wait outside my car. Um, but the point, the point is this: in that fight, I'm assuming you pick Joshua to win that fight. <laughs> do I, I need do, to yeah. ask the question? Yeah. Welcome to Talk Boxing with Simon Jordan and Spencer Oliver. This is episode 42, 42 for those that don't speak Spanish, and also it is the channel's birthday. So it's my birthday week. And it's the channel's birthday. Now, alongside liking and subscribing, which is very important, don't forget to keep leaving your questions in the comment section below. But also, make sure you do subscribe because we're looking for 100,000 viewers because our ever-present, sorry, never-present producer <laughs> seems to get a bonus from it. Anyway, Spence, nice to see you. Nice to see you. So I'm happy birthday for two days ago. Thank sorry you very much. Late. Sorry Thank it's late. You. Yep, gifts. Absolutely, yeah, gifts. after the show. Okay, fantastic. By the way, this on my chops is not Derek Chazora punching me or someone of the boxing fraternity not liking it. It's my three-year-old son dealing with me. So if anyone thinks Jordan's got a smack in the gob, which he richly deserved, it wasn't from anyone in the boxing fraternity. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Let's go to the fight on the weekend. Yeah. Both of us um, were at that fight. Both of us were interested to see what the changes that Joe Joyce was going to implement, what the outcome looked like. The conventional wisdom was stacked in the favour of a repeat... Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and whilst we made, a, I think we made an argument, well, Liam Smith didn't repeat, Zhang yeah. did. Yeah. What did you, what did you make? What was your takeaway? What was your overall impression? Well, I think, of the, uh, of the scenario I think with Joe? going back to a few Zane, shows ago, Simon, we both, I think we both agreed that it was not a good move for Joe mm -hmm. Joyce to go into that immediate rematch. Then you sort of come round to the idea, okay, look, he had nowhere else to go because of the landscape of the heavyweights at the moment. So it was a big gamble and a gamble that could pay mm -hmm. off. And I think it become evident from the first bell that what did Joe Joyce do differently to what he'd done in the first fight? Okay, he moved round to the left. He was moving away from yeah. the left hand, leaning over to one side. Well, a, fight, a fighter of um, the calibre of Zeli Zhang works that out quite quickly. And he set that up, you know, teed it up with a little left. And, and, Were you and surprised? I mean, obviously we, we all said, and we priced it into our thinking, we gave mm. it as some form of comfort to ourselves wanting Joe Joyce to win, that the weight in the first fight made the difference by yeah. him going up to a weight that was more commensurate of the weights that we've seen him. Albeit, mm -hmm. albeit, Joe Joyce said to us the other day that he fought Daniel Dubois 
at the same weight yeah. that he fought Zhili Zhang in the first fight. Yes. Zhili Zhang is a lot, is a lot bigger individual. Yeah. But we saw him go in at a, a significantly greater weight, nearly two stone. Derek yeah. Chisora said it was two pounds because Derek can't add up, especially when it comes to paying bets. <laughs> no. But but it was two stone. Yeah. He looked markedly bigger. Yeah. But but in the fights, you saw Zhili Zhang. I mean, we, 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 you and I said to, you and I said, and I'm, I'm gonna, it's going to be a question here eventually. You and I said to to Joe in the studio after the loss to Zhili Zhang. Yeah. No, 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 no. Don't take this as a rematch. I'll worry about you. And Joe got all prickly about it. He did. Do you think that Joe at any points underestimated Zhili Zhang in both? the first fight and even in his preparation for the second fight. Well, where, where I'm at with this one, so interesting, Zeli Zhang's trainer, Sean George, who was a great fighter himself, effectively ended the career of um, Chris Bird. Yeah. You know, he was, he, yeah. was, he was a very, very good fighter and he's a great trainer. After speaking to him at the, at the press conference, he said, listen, we know Joe's going to do something different. He came in at 18 stone two for the first fight. He thought the mobility would get yeah. in there. Guess what? He had no feet, so we knew that. And so Zhele Zhang coming at um, 19 stone eight, he said, you know, we was comfortable with that. But he said, so what does Joe Joyce do differently in this one? He thinks by putting on the extra poundage, he's coming at 20 stone one. He said, we know what Joe was going to do that, before. Even yeah. done it. He yeah, said, so that. we come in at 20 stone, 20 stones eight. He said, so it was never going to be about the weight. And he was effectively right. And I think that what I was going on with, the only thing I had to go with, with the Joe Joyce return fight, a repeat or revenge, was the fact that what can Joe do differently? Mm. Well, he can't do anything technically different, differently because that's what he does. What Joe Joyce is, is the juggernaut. Well, and that's, that's, but that's exactly what we saw. We saw. So we saw the weight was the only thing that he could do differently. But Sean jo Sean and George, the weight didn't work. Sean George properly custard-pied Adam Morley, didn't he? Oh, at properly. that press conference. You know, basically, Adam Morley talked about what was going to happen in this fight. And he went, well, you don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Or I think it was, you don't know s*** about boxing. Yeah. He, he said, in the words of Floyd Mayweather, if that's what you think, you know s*** about boxing. Because yeah. what he'd done, Adam Morley got up there and said, well, we thought the fight was turning around. And, yeah. you know, after six rounds, had Joe, had the fight continued, Joe, the stretch, well, yeah. guess what? Joe was never going to win that first fight because Yeli Zhang had his number. Yeah. He was sitting in the pocket, hitting him with the left hands, the right hooks over the top. And then Zhang worked it out straight away. He said, right, he's moving away from my left hand. So actually, I'm going to nail him with a right hook, which is effectively what he'd done. I thought he'd done a great job, Zhele Zhang, but I also showed the limitations, even more so, of Joe Joyce at that level, elite level. Because where does Zhang fit into the top? He fits into the top four stroke five now, heavyweights. Mm. You know, behind Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, um, Alexander Rusik, Joshua, there's an argument for and Zeli Zhang, or Philip Hergovic, he's, the, he's there and thereabouts. Well, Hergovic, so he's, he's in that elite level. Well, Hergovic has beaten him, albeit yeah, but did he a beat lot him? of people. Well, on his uh, record, yeah. he's beaten him. Yeah, right? on his record, yeah, that's and right. And you talk to Hergovic, and he will be adamant yeah. he's beaten him. Yeah. Um, and I think most people, uh, including those that were were in Joe Joyce's corner, which is Frank Warren, albeit he'll have split loyalties now because he's got Zhang to yes, potentially take did. an opportunity from. Smart move by Frank, by the way. Very smart. Yeah. Um, um, and a, you, know, you have to be an opportunist in life, don't you? Um, and he was in the camp that Zhili Zhang had won that fight yes. against Philip Hergovic. You look at Joe, and I, again, going back to the fight itself, I mean, I thought Joe came in looking extremely focused. I spoke to Adam Morley before the fight, just on, the, on uh, about 10, 15 minutes before the main event, and they were very relaxed, very comfortable, yeah. felt very assured. I thought Joe looked very assured when he came in. Yeah. But when, I, when the fight started and you saw how much bigger Joe looked the much the bigger man now yeah even even though the weight was that Zhang was, was, was still heavier yeah heavier, Joyce looked the bigger yeah, fighter yeah sure but there was literally I looked at the first round I was sat with a couple of my friends and I went well they're not doing a lot 
but in this round, it looks like Joe's going to his left as his as as, as the adjustment that he's yeah, made. Yeah, absolutely. Zhang's going to work this out. Yeah, of course. And in the second round, what I saw from Zhang was complete and utter disrespect. He had yeah. no respect for Joe Joyce. He looked. It was almost like he looked at him and went, "Right, if that's all you're going to do, what I'm going to do is." I'm going to punch your head in. Absolutely. And then basically that's what he'd done because like after the first round I went, Joe looks like he's adapted a little bit here and this might look, looks like this might be good moving forward. But then Zeli Zhang, second round, come out, like you say, no respect, went out there and just bulldozed him and just let the shots go. And Joe, from the second round, you knew then that this fight, this fight could be over quite he quickly. Him. He, he rocked him, him a lot, yeah. He locked, rocked him in the fit. But finish. Joe gave him nothing to think about. He gave because him... he, he can't. And that's, well, this the, that's the, the point. He, because he can't. Joe Joyce can only do one thing. He's seen moments. Look, uh, I think that we was going on in the first fight. I was coming at 18-2 and effectively that made him look more lethargic. The punch resistance had gone. If he comes in at heavier, like we was predicting, that's maybe his only choice because uh, his, only, his only chance because we're thinking when Joe might be out, walk forward, take the shots and then get off of his own and take Zhang into the second half of the fight where he come into his own. But it become evident very, very early that actually that weight made absolutely no, no difference. difference at all. And without that, you go, what else can Joe do? Well, this is it. I mean, I, I had thought there was a possibility that Joe's performance in the first fight had made Zhang look like a world beater, yeah. made him look better than he possibly was. Um, and in the second fight, I felt that if there was a 10% better bettering of Joe sure. and a 10% drop-off of Zhang, you might see the swing that you saw yeah. in the Liam Smith, Chris Eubank Jr. fight. Because conventional wisdom, all the orthodoxy said, Liam Smith will win this fight. Sure. Right? And, and Chris Eubank Jr. clearly did a different dynamic. And obviously, yeah. at that time, a lot of questions will be asked about how, how competent or how good Liam Smith's performance was because it was nowhere near the level. So I thought if we, if we level it up with a, with a drop, if Zhang has been given more credibility than he's entitled to, if Joe was having a bad night underweight yeah. and potentially he's got a few new tricks up his sleeve, yeah. then we might see that, that, that this fight goes a different way and it becomes a slightly more pick and fight. But the moment the fight started, I mean, literally, it, it surprised me. Did it surprise you that he knocked him out? You know, you're coming to the end of the round. It's the first time Joe was actually preparing to engage a little bit more. Yeah. Bang, yeah. he got pinged. He got pinged with a low jab, yeah. didn't he? And then, then bang with the right. After a, after, a horrendous, after a horrendous second round, I think Joe's gone, right, now I've got to roll the dice and I'm going to have to start taking the, taking the fight to him. It was too one-dimensional. He was walking forward in straight lines. And like you say, it was a little, it was the little left jab, or a little, uh, sorry, right jab to the body and bang. Oh, no, it was a left, left to the body, sorry, and left the right hook over the top. Yeah. Bang. And, yeah, he set the trap. He'd done, what, he'd done exactly what he had to do. He saw the opening. He thought, right... He showed that he's got a good boxing IQ, Zhang. Like, oh, all right, yeah, got, his feet are I slow, he's but smart, he? he's very smart. He mm -hmm. took a round to work it out. And he showed that he's one of the elite heavyweights. I mean, you, you, you give him a chance in there because of his size, his speed and his power. Take Fury out of the equation because I think that Fury's footwork would be too clever for him. But anyone that wants to stand with Zale Zhang is in for a tough yeah. night. Yeah. I mean, interesting. Uh, um, I mentioned it on the night, actually. I said, where does Zhang go from here? I said, you know what? Something like... Um, Anthony Joshua over in China 200 million people watch that fight it's a huge event they've got history but boxing the 2012 Olympics in the quarterfinals mm -hmm. Anthony Joshua won that fight 15-11 it was a gruelling fight Zhang was on the floor as well that would be a great rematch like something like that Eddie Hearn interestingly said Mixed that's emotions, something yeah. that they would explore yeah, it's something they, that they would be interested he, in he, well whatever Frank Warren says Eddie Hearn will say the polar opposite of yeah. it and, and, and they're as bad as one another in this instance Frank turned around and said they'll never take this fight yeah. too much risk attached to it right? mm -hmm. whereas Eddie 
um, has now come back and says, I will have some of that. Yeah, um, obviously AJ beat Zhang in the Olympics. Um, it's a fight that we used to, we represented Zhang a few years ago. He's getting on now. I think he's in his 40s, but he's a big, dangerous uh, heavyweight. Joe Joyce, you know, got uh, well beaten at the weekend. And I think big fight in, in China, potentially. Zhang against Anthony Joshua. Of course, the talks continue for us with AJ against Wilder. It doesn't look like that fight's going to materialise till probably February or March now. So there is a ch chance that AJ fights in December as well, and he'd definitely be up for the Zhang fight. Yeah. I've got that in my mind's eye, fighting at the bird's nest. Yeah, yeah, and all that yeah. goes with it, I'm sure you have, because of the economics of it might suddenly become an opportunity for sure. you. Sure. But for Joe Joyce, it feels like, it does feel kind of like we're pulling the legs of a spider here now, because there was a point when we all, after the Joseph Parker fights, felt that Joe was on the right trajectory. Yeah. And, and we were part, the noise around Joe, we were part of the build-up in his mindset that he could take any punch that he wanted to. Yeah. All the previous build up to the Zhang fight was how much punishment he could take and that was a badge of honour. Yeah, yeah. Right? And we've now really, in all brutality, and it, I know it feels like the king is dead, long live the king, right? In, we saw the level of Joe Joyce, That's didn't right. we? Yeah, absolutely that. 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 The, we, we, all got, we all got sucked into that performance for Joseph Parker, it was a career best performance against Joseph Parker, sorry, when he, when he when he won that and he won it in style, you know. But the way he beat Parker, it was, Parker's a good fighter as well. Shots were bouncing off him, and he slowly, systematically broke him down and knocked him out in that eleventh round. Um, and I thought that was a when you come off the back of that, you're looking at that going. Actually, if Joyce Joyce might be able to push them all here, like all of them, yep. including Tyson Fury, because of his size and his engine, size and his brute strength and his engine. Mm. Um, and now it's become evident that you go, hold on a minute, there's a little bit more to it than that. And we saw that on Saturday night but against he can't, Zang. He, he's not going to get any better, is he? Where does he go from here? He's not going to get any I mean, the question, where does he go from here? I didn't, I'm not surprised that Joe has said he's not going to retire. Yeah. Because ultimately, if Derek Chisora can make a living out of being uh, competitive in fights. Yeah, sure. Then so can Joe Joyce. But the reality of Joe Joyce getting to the top table and getting a world championship is probably... Quite remote now, Simon, isn't it? Simon, that's a million miles away now. We've like we've like I say, with the landscape of the heavyweights and and that top tier of heavyweights and what they're up to now. He needed that interim title to put himself in the mix, keep himself mandatory challenger for Alexander Usyk, and then we've got I think Philip Hergovich is next for Alexander Usyk, the IBF mandatory contender. Then he was next in line. So effectively, he could have gone there, had a couple of good fights, and sat it out. But now that's a million miles away. Do you it think really he is. needed to be told? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I like Adam Morley a lot. I think he's a top-class mm -hmm. operator. Mm -hmm. But do you think there's a possibility that, that besides his pride and besides... I know, I know it's a significant component part about the necessity to get back to being the mandatory for the WBO. Yeah. But do you think that he needed to be told properly by those that guided his career that taking the first fight was a risk that he didn't need to have taken? Yeah. He took it. The outcome wasn't great. He, that Zhang might have been his kryptonite for this stage in Joe's yeah. development. Do you think possibly someone should have really remonstrated with him and said, look, this is not, I know we're losing the WBO yeah. mandatory, because by losing this rematch, he's lost more than just a WBO Absolutely. mandatory slot. Absolutely. He's lost his positioning full Abs stop. Yeah, he's out 100%. of conversation. He's not in the conversation full stop. Yeah. And he's now, yes, he's a million he's miles away. Mm. million miles away. That's so my point is, do you think someone, do you think, am I being unrealistic with that expectation? No, absolutely not. I, I think that it was a bad decision in the first place to make the first fight with Jelly yeah. Zhang. 
go on the basis of Zhang and Hergovic. That's yeah. right. Now, you look at it and you go, Joyce has not really got any experience with southpaws at that sort of level. You know, he's been vocal about that after well, this defeat about that, as well. He, he talks about, about it. And, just, and you think, where was the thinking behind it when Zhang is so dangerous when anyone sits in the pocket of him and Joe Joyce has got no feet, he can't move backwards. That's what he does. And you go, that's, that's a massive gamble, that. And then obviously we, we, we were vocal about it afterwards saying, listen, forget the rematch. Which is the Go point and that I made and it's the first time I've seen Joe actually get irritated by something because he's the most personable and placid of individuals yeah. outside of the ring. And I said to him, I really, I remember Frank sitting next to him and I remember saying, I really don't like this fight for you. Yeah. This is a really difficult fight. And Joe was like, you think I don't know that? Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Where does he go next? I mean, the, the, the influence is a potential rematch against Daniel Dubois. Yeah. Now, that's, I can see that serving... Joe Joyce very well because if Joe and, and we talk about Joe Joyce being a mile away from getting a shot again he's 38 Zhang's 40 yeah you know he can go away and rebuild for two years and still be fighting yeah. at 40 because he's fit Joe but at, at that stage of your career though some fighters have that longevity like uh, who, who's a classic example George Foreman come back at 45 yeah. years of age and done what he'd done but other fighters you see deteriorating younger so it, it, depends, it depends on the what individual you've got on the clock, exactly it? it depends what I mean this individual. is the first time he, I mean obviously obviously we know that Joe's taking a lot of punishment none of it's affected him at all and and, and in, in, in in recent times Joe has been quite happy to talk about it in the terms of he likes taking the punishment. Yeah. In this instance, what you've got is real damage done to him. Do you think there was any less in his punch resistance? No, absolutely. Listen, and I think there was, was a little bit. Shot. No, I think there was a little bit in his punch resistance before. Um, because of the weight. But yeah, yeah I know, no, I pull it down to the weight. That's then what, what I saw, yeah, yeah. But then, then what I saw there, I go, perhaps he's not holding on to shots as good as what he was. And, and people are going to look at this and go, well, he's only had 16 fights now. Mm. There's not a lot of wear and tear in the clock. Guess what? It's all done in the gym. Joe Joyce... Obviously, spars like he fights. He takes yeah. a lot of punishment. So there's a lot of wear and tear, much more than what happens in the actual fight. People must recognise that. And I think mm. that we looked. I've looked at Joe in his last couple of fights. When you look at the fight before that, when you look at the Parker one, you, when we were all he going, well, this could be the main. Yeah. This could be the main one. But he took a lot of punishment, and the wear and tear happens. And, and, I, and I'm concerned that that may be it. I mean, if you look at where does Joe Joyce go now? If you go Daniel Dubois, and if that fight, that's the. That's the perfect fight for both of them, really. Mm. Dubois coming off the Usyk loss. But then if you look otherwise, you go, where does he go? You're talking about dropping down to Fabio Wardley level, like British title really? level. Well, where else would he go? Mm. What I'm saying is that this is, what is, this is where he's sat now, yeah. gone from being an elite, you go to the rebuilding process. You know, you're looking at David Adelaide and Fabio Wardley, mm. those sort of fights where the young guns that are coming through, 
or the Joe, uh, Daniel Dubois one. Yeah, where you go, that, because that's got a narrative behind yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Can you see Daniel wanting to take that fight? It seems to me that Daniel comes away, albeit with questions from us about the reasons yeah. why he didn't leap on Usyk and the reasons why he didn't pull himself off the canvas yeah. in the ninth round and bite down his gum shield. Those questions will perhaps have to be answered in later yeah. performances. But he comes away from that fight with all the controversy of a potential low blow mm. not being a low blow that might have won him the world title. Yeah. So he comes away with credibility yeah. in the eyes and minds. Yeah. Um, can you see him wanting to fight Joe Joyce to help Joe Joyce with his redemption? Well, I think that it would sort of help him as well, really, because it, they're both in a situation where he's coming off the loss to Usyk. Where does he go? He'll now be looking at Joe Joyce going, I think he's gone a little bit here yeah. and this will be good for me because I can right the wrongs of the last contest, reverse that loss, which effectively puts him back in the ladder again as well. So, look, I think for both guys, it makes sense because of where they're at in their careers. More so for Daniel Dubois because he can, he can reverse that loss that he had against Joe Joyce. Really? I mean, yeah. More so for Daniel Dubois. Yeah. Um, Zhang, I mean, we've touched upon it lightly um, and we don't need to go into too much detail. To, to, the, to the opportunities that he has. But he's now a genuine challenger for a world title. Yes. He's now in the slot for once Usyk fights Hergovic, which is the next call, isn't it, the yep. IBF? Yep. He's the next cab off the rank for the WBO. Yes. He won't be stepping aside. So unless, unless the undisputed happens, yep. doesn't it? Yeah. So the order of events should be, if I'm right, and correct me if I'm wrong, is Hergovic versus Usyk sooner rather than later. Yeah, and unless, like you say, the undisputed then obviously trumps and, all of that. And, and then and if that, Frank is to be believed, yeah, if Frank is to be believed, that this farce in Riyadh that's going to open the door for meaningful boxing events, mm -hmm. then the meaningful boxing event should necessarily be either, well, for Frank's, under Frank's jurisdiction, it has to be Fury versus Usyk for the undisputed, doesn't yes. it? Yeah, that's what absolutely. we've been led to believe is yeah. the reasons besides the big bag of money that Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury are going yeah. to get, the actual relationship that's been developed by Frank Warren behind yeah. the scenes with the Saudis opens the door to the big fight. So what I'm saying is, is the next one, if, if they call an undisputed, that will trump yeah. the opportunity for Zhili Zhang to be the WBO next fight off the rank in terms of the mandatory for that so you, uh, that, then that's, that's exactly where That's exactly where you're at with that. So you go, where does Zhili Zhang go? Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilde has been talked about. That doesn't look likely to happen this year now. Anthony Joshua wants to box in December. Big fights out there. Makes Zhang sense. Zhang would take it though, wouldn't he? Huh? Zhang would take Joshua, wouldn't he? Oh, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. So if you're talking about a December what do you fight, think to that fight, Eddie Hearn's done this new deal now in Japan, three-year deal in Japan, three fights a year yeah, over there. China, so he's looking it? at that Asian market. Yeah. Well, That's China, a huge fight. China and Japan are two different countries. Just because you don't yeah, know, but the world, yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. But what I'm saying is, look, there's a huge fight over there in that part of the world. When you look at that fight. Can you see, it's all good, all the bravado and the braggadocio of promoters saying that there's this and that and the other. Can you see that's a fight that Anthony Joshua would be advised to take? Yeah. You do? I do. Is that because you're part of his fan club? Or is no. You genuinely I just, think, I just gen genuinely think, when we're looking at you it, think he's he coming, Zhang? he comes with a load of credibility now, Zhang, coming off the back of them two wins. Yeah. And you're looking at that and you go, right, if the Deontay Wilder fight doesn't happen next for Anthony Joshua, which I'm very doubtful it does, mm -hmm. <clears throat> Zeli Zhang, history with these two in the in the Olympics. It was a tough fight for Joshua back then, but it's also Different a chance. Joshua back then. <clears throat> it's also a chance for Joshua to get the WBO interim title, mandatory position. Why not? We're at this stage of your career. You can't just keep having well, fights. Why not? Where you... Because you're managing risk. Let's have it. Yeah, but, but Simon, they're at that stage of their career. They're not getting younger. These guys. We need to. They, they need to have these sort of fights. Zeli Zhang really 
should be the next one on the list for Anthony Joshua when you're going down the pecking order. If you can't get like, if you can't get the Deontay Wilder fight and Usyk and Fury are doing their things, Zhele Zheng's the next man. And I think Joshua gets credibility from that. Mm. Um, in that fight, I'm assuming you pick Joshua to win that fight. <laughs> <laughs> do I, I need do, to yeah. ask the question? Yeah, I, I, I just do. Throw your voice. Yeah. Is that true? <laughs> no, do it's you? just the way that you looked at me when you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing yeah, the no, answer. I do. I do pick Joshua to yeah. win that fight. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what was fascinating the other day, and you know, was that I had a conversation with Malik Scott in a different setting, mm. who was Deontay Wilder's trainer, and he gives you a very compelling view of Deontay Wilder. Yeah. And the more I look at Wilder. I've always been incredibly disrespectful of Wilder. Not disrespectful, but very judgmental about the ineptitude of his technical ability. Absolutely, yeah. But this guy, so, Malik Scott, gave me a very interesting insight and kaleidoscopic view of Wilder. And when you look at some of... I know yeah. that the opposition may not have been up to some of the standards that we are alleging some of the other fighters have yeah. been at. But when you look at Wilder and you look at some of the f punches that he throws against yeah. Stavern and people like that... Yeah. If this guy is in that mood still, I still think that's a phenomenal fight with Joshua. Absolutely. Phenomenal Listen, fight. Where, where, that's where, the fight I'd prefer. Simon, where would you... Yeah, as, uh, as a boxing fan, we would all prefer Joshua, Joshua Wilder. Yeah. Of course we would. Yeah. But if you was looking after Anthony Joshua, where would you want to go next? Deontay Wilder or Zhele Zhang? With what Zhang's well, got, do, by the way. Well, we Zhang's got something we, that Deontay Wilder hasn't. We've said... Yeah, he's got a mandatory position. Yeah. Right? We, we, we have said that there's no more necessity for Anthony Joshua to piss ball about. Yeah. He, he needs to get in with Deontay Wilder. This, this idea that you're going to yeah. get rid of the, 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 the cobwebs, get rid of the, the lack of engagement or the preparedness mm. to get in range, you're now, it's now or never. Mm. Right? So we've said this, now we're saying we'll take another kind of... But Zhang's not an interim. He's no, not, he's not. He's not. He's Zhang, not. Zhang, Zhang's coming with something now. That's why I asked the question. I think both of them would be interesting. <coughs> and both of them yeah. carry huge jeopardy. Anthony Yard? Nice to see him back. One of my favourite fighters. Love Anthony Yard. You know what? I, he's a lovely human being. He's misunderstood actually, yeah. Anthony Yard. Well, I think he is. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's a really personable, nice fellow. Yeah, he is. I think people take the the ring persona and they superimpose it into the bloke. That's right. Whereas, whereas <clears throat> he's a very nice bloke. He's a very I'm genuine sure about guy. The hair. Huh? I'm not sure about the hair. No. You know, what do you think about who am I judge on hair? Well, this is it, yeah. You know? That's very true. <laughs> hair that smells <laughs> of your own bum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's Pat laughing at? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but he, two-round demolition? Yeah. I, listen, he done what he, 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 done, he went out there and he showed that he's a world-class operator. Yeah. And that's exactly what he needed. He needed to get back into on the winning ways. Listen, I spoke to him, I interviewed him actually on, on the Thursday and to ask him, you know, where he was looking at going. Yeah. Was he looking for the winner of Daniel, um, Joshua Boatsy's Danazee's yeah. yeah. October the 21st? Yeah. Was that his intention? Does he want to, he said, listen, ultimately, I want a world title shot. I want to mix it up there with them guys. Where's, of course, he's Bibble's not fighting yet, is he? Say again? Bibble's not out yet, is he? No, Bibble's not out yet. We don't know what Bibble's doing at the moment. Um, you got, I think Eddie so, was talking about him being out yeah. sometime at the back end of this year, wasn't he? Yeah, so he said, whatever comes up, if, they, if I get a world title shot, that's what I want. But he said he's very interested, interestingly, at fighting Joshua Boatsy. He said, it's a fight that's always been built between us of two. Course. And that's the fight of that he course. really wants. That's the one that gets, yeah, gets him, gets him going. Well, well, of course. I mean, he's, you know, for 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 Josh Boatsy, it's an interesting one to see if he wants to take that fight because it's all well and good. Anthony Yards had two tilts at a world title, yeah. Boatsy, and on his way to that world title shots with the with the with yeah. the mid, with the interloper being Lyndon Arthur, yeah. where he put in a poor performance yeah. during COVID and then went back and demolished sure. Lyndon Arthur, who, by the way, way, did brilliantly the other day yeah, that, to win a belt himself, didn't he? He did. Well, did he Unbelievable, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. It, it, it was a tough yeah. fight for him. Yeah. And he'd done well. Yeah, he and did. it shows what a class operator Lyndon Arthur is. Mm. And the way that um, Anthony Yard dealt with Arthur in the second fight, yeah, you just go, him. 
shows the levels. Demolished him. You know, demolished him. Anti Yard's one of them fighters that's learning on the mm. job. He had no amateur experience. You know, he had a couple of small fights on on Queensbury boxing. Yeah, but he's ferocious. He's what people go and see fighting for. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about that, I'm going to pivot into someone that people like, liked to have watched, may not like so much, maybe they will, which is obviously the much uh, heralded return of Conor Ben yeah. to the ring. Um, I didn't watch the fight. I did. Um, this I, morning. I've seen clips of it. I didn't watch it because I'm not a hypocrite. I watched it this morning. I don't support this situation, so I'm not yeah. subsequent to what I know that makes me unable to comment on the performance. But what did you what were your first thoughts <clears> about the fact that with it four days and he was shoehorned into a fight by his promoter that tells everyone that he's cleared, that doesn't want to put him on a bill in London because Come clearly on. he isn't cleared. We, yeah, exactly. What did you make of that? Um, look, we, I think we've both been very vocal about yeah. this and, and you know, and the stance that I take on this is exactly the same. You know, I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy that you know, they, they worked it so that he could box over there in Orlando. I think that he needs to face the consequences here with the British Boxing Board of Control. Stop throwing all those narratives out that he's been cleared, etc., etc., because he hasn't been cleared. Jurisdiction lifted the ban, but he's still not proved his innocence. And that's where I'm at with it, and that's where I stand with it right now. You know, I didn't want to see him fighting before he proved that innocence. Now he has fought. What was your takeaway? I mean, obviously, what was that? Right. obviously I mean, I, again... It feels like we. It almost feels like every time you've got we talk about this subject, we've got to put a trigger warning. Yeah, in there exactly. Or a qualification because people say, "Oh, you're obsessed." The only yeah. reason we're talking about Conor Ben is because he fell a fault on Saturday night. Because I'm quite happy to leave this subject alone, yeah. and hopefully boxing will do the right thing with it, and Robert Smith and the British Boxing Board of Control will do what they've got to do. And there'll be lot. The fascinating thing with this, with Conor Ben, is if they do put the question, to, if if the British Boxing Board of Control's appeal is yeah. turned down. They've got a fascinating question coming their way, yeah. which is, what are they prepared to do with Conor Ben? Are they prepared yeah. to give him his licence back? Uh, well, this is the, that's the million-dollar question, and, isn't it? And, and perhaps they, they might not be asked that question, yeah. because they, he might fight on an American licence, yeah. or a licence of some shape or form from another commission that gives him an opportunity to fight in this country, somewhat similar to Tyson Fury, and get licensed yeah. on a fight-by-fight -fight yeah, basis. Sure. And then you've got the British Boxing Board of Control doing one of two things, either refusing to licence him in this country, yeah. or having a problem of anybody else that's got a British Boxing Border Control licence that fights him yeah. in any other jurisdiction. Sure. So those are interesting landscapes. But well, when you, when yeah. you look at Connor and you've seen the fight, I've seen, mm -hmm. the, I've seen the stills and yeah. I've seen um, a little bit of, uh, of, of, the, of some of the clips. What did you make to him? He was fighting someone that uh, doesn't come with any great reputation, albeit no. sort of quite a long record and quite, yeah. quite a decent amount of... Uh, Wins on that record. With no one with any resume on that record. No. So it was always going to be one of those fights where you thought we had Which is reasonable. It, yeah, it's un understandable. Months, yeah, because yeah, he's been out for like 17 months. And I go, what did I make of the performance? Well, yeah, I think he showed great composure. Uh, shot selection was good. You know, he took his chances when he had to. Good uppercuts on the inside, working well, taking his time. I thought overall it was a good performance. Punch power wasn't there. You know, 154. You could clearly see that the other guy looked much bigger. So what does that tell you? Because people were when, making snide comments, weren't they? Yeah. About the punch power not No, being yeah. There. I, I just up, think... He's up to 154. That's, that is the problem, where he's up to 154. So this, what it tells me about Connor is, that overall, I thought it was a good performance. He got, it was a workman-like performance. He got the job done. Um, and he got the 10 rounds under his belt. Where do I see him sitting is that he needs to go back down to 147 because that's where... That's his optimum weight. That's where he's most mm -hmm. effective. Going up to 154, the other guy looked much bigger. Punch, the punch power wasn't there yeah. at that weight. So when you're talking about going up to 160, 160 yeah. to box Eubank, you go, well, now looking at 
that at 154, you go, well, that's crazy because Eubank would be way too big. You've got to remember, Eubank's coming down. If you're going up to but 160, Eubank would be coming down from 175. But that's what we've always said, though. I mean, obviously, there was the muddying of the water when he was coming yeah. down to 157. And, of course, Chris Eubank Sr. got involved and talked about the yeah. potential legalised murder of his son. Mm -hmm. And other people were talking about the circumstances of Chris Eubank boiling himself down. And we saw him looking moderate. I wouldn't say emaciated, but looking, you know, very, very thin yeah. and very, very stripped. Um, he looked beyond he looked script, terrible. He? Yeah. he looked you terrible. He looked terrible, you? He looked absolutely terrible. Like, one thing I'm pretty sure of, had that fight gone ahead the first time, I think that there could have been serious consequences. I really do. Mm. And that would not have been in the favour of well, Chris we, Eubank we, Jr. We now know, because all of us have been proven to be wrong, right? We all said Eubank Jr., cannot fight at 160 against Liam Smith because if he fights at 160 against Liam Smith, he'll get done. Yeah. He can only fight at 168. He's now proven he can fight at 160. Yeah, yeah. Albeit we saw a shadow of the Liam Smith that we saw yeah. in the first fight. So with that in mind, Eddie Hearn's spoken about a fight being made on the 23rd of December. Yeah. And a big offer being made to, to Eubank um, and to uh, interesting observations there about Boxer trying to get in the mix. I think Boxer yeah. are going to have some um, response. Yeah. I think they put a press statement out, didn't they, saying that there was no... No approach to Chris Eubank. Well, yeah, no Ed, Eddie Hearn said that they'd approach to promote that fight, yeah. to, to get that yeah. fight, which yeah. I think Ben Shalomi's denying. So. I think he, I think they have denied that, yeah, and yeah. said that that wasn't the case. But well, you, do you know anything different? Well, I, I asked Ben. Yeah. I asked him and said to him, is there any substance in this um, about the fight? I know that they probably would like to have a relationship with Eubank yeah. because he's out of contract with Cali. Well, so yeah, yeah Eubank's a free agent. Right, there's, a right between, between, there's a difference yeah. between having a conversation with Chris Eubank about the potential of promoting him yeah. and being the promoter that promotes the Eubank versus Ben fight. Yes. They're two different things. And yeah. they, it's very easy to conflate, which certain people do. Mm -hmm. They misrepresent and turn something sure. into something that it's not. But, you know, Chris is talking about fighting at 160. Um, Connor Ben is suggesting he'll fight at 160. But if not, he'll go if, to 147. What, mm. how do you, what do you think is going to well, play? Do you sense, Spence, because I'm biased. Yeah. I don't want to watch this fight. I don't admire what's happened mm -hmm. in the last 18 months. It's none of my business, really, but I'm very fascinated by boxing. We do these shows. As you well yeah. know, there's a distinct possibility in a certain capacity I'm about to get involved in boxing, and, I've, and I enjoy it. I enjoy it more than I enjoyed football. But sure. if boxing doesn't want to clean its act up, that's up to boxing. Yeah. Every time I get asked a question about Conor Ben, I can't help but say the same thing. Yeah, and sure. everyone goes, obsessed with agenda. Yeah, yeah. I can't change my opinion because nothing's <laughs> changed. The, the circumstances I'm are with what, you. They, are I'm, what they I'm are. I'm with you on that. And that's exactly what it is. We're talking what do you about, think the public is, thinks? We, we, you and I, the self-righteous duo. Right. No, no, no. But, but what about the public? Right, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you asked the question because I think the public thinks the same because of the PR that was behind this and the mess that it is up until this day, and with the situation being the situation, people still knowing that he's still not, he's cleared his name to box, but he's not cleared his name with the two foul tests. And I think that, the, I think it's because it's become so public, that's why the public have turned against Conor Ben. It's and this interesting whole situation. that he made the point, Conor made the point the other day, I'm British and I should be able, to, I want to fight on these shores. It's interesting because yeah, there's going to be, you do. there is an interesting confrontation coming because unless he does clear his name, I said it on Saturday night mm. to Gareth A. Davis, who I was trying to avoid like the plague and couldn't because he was every time I sat around, some time he was sitting next to me. I don't know who let him in that section. Um, but, and people can turn it into whatever they want to about my particular relationship with Eddie. It's got nothing to do with that. It's about this one instance 
I've always maintained that Eddie Hearn was one of the best motors. He paid his fighters promptly. He never mucked anybody about. But on this one, with Conor Ben, this is a stain on boxing. I agree. And, and I do think that Conor puts yeah. himself in the way of a significant proportion. People forget things. They forgot what Tyson Fury did. Tyson Fury got a ban. But it was wasn't handled this way, Simon. That's I the know. problem. But let's be also let's be fair to the examples. Tyson Fury got a ban and he wasn't even fighting. Yeah. So that's yeah, really absolutely. Right, yeah. Right? And then talked about wild boar meat being the reasons why yeah. he had an Angela in the system. Yeah. Mm? Yeah. You, you know, you've got Povetkin, you've got Canelo Everest, but people have forgotten it. Yeah. The problem with this situation and the reasons why I think this is a worse problem for Conor Ben is the way it's been handled. Yeah. Absolutely. And those that are around him that purport to care for him agree. turn around and say to me when I argue with them about having a contract that should have cancelled the fight, they say they didn't have a contract. Mm. And then a week ago on another radio show, they tell me they've had a they tell Andy Goldstein they've had a contract with the same fighter mm. for a year. Which one is it? But the yeah. point is, is that unless Connor clears his name, he is always going to have a section. Maybe it will diminish over time because people forget that. Look at it and go, not for me. And yeah. that will include commercial endorsements. Yeah, that will include supporter recognition. Um, and, and whatever else we can think of makes up an opportunity for a fighter to monetize himself properly. Absolutely. And it's a tragedy. Well, I think that that's, why, that's why I think the best thing, he, best thing for him to do now, he's had that comeback fight, he's done that, he passed all the tests, by the way, in the build-up to this fight, that's fine, that's great. Now spend. you need to go back and you need to face the British Boxing Board of Control. But is the, is the damage been done, Simon? And that's the problem, spend. can he reverse what, that? He can't. What can he do now? He's doubled down, called everybody every single well, day under the, the sun. That's the problem. reports that no one's seen the light of day. Yeah. We've listened to that Wally over at Matchroom telling you that the builders shouldn't look. Builders shouldn't look at the report. Nobody wants builders to look at the yeah, report. Yeah, they yeah. want the British Boxing Board of Control and UK to look yeah. at the report. You <clears throat> produced your. Nick You're talking about Frank Smith there. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. telling people that they shouldn't be able to see a report. With, you know, British, you know, builders and people yeah. that work in such such environments. That was a poor interview. It's, to be it's fair, ridiculous. It was Silly, a poor Go make some yeah. tea. You've been told before. Wait outside in the car. Um, but the point, the point is this, is that I do feel that he can't now change the direction because he's, he's kind of got the tell. So what does he do? Deal with it? He, has he just got, a, I think, has he just got, a, I, think, a, 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 I think, accept the fact that he is now the enemy in the public's eyes? Well, I think he has to accept the fact that the British Boxing Board, he must pray that the British Boxing Board of Control appeal isn't successful. Yeah. Because if it's success, successful and they cut away the jurisdiction, then he has a real wealth of problems. And the wealth of problems go beyond what he's prepared to do, it's what they're prepared to do to other fighters. Right. They've got British Boxing Border Control license, what other trainers they've yeah. got, what other sparring partners, because everybody's in the eye of a storm then, because sure. no one can legitimately fight Conor Ben, and the British Boxing Border Control will not sanction it. But look, this situation has become much bigger than Conor Ben now though, hasn't it? With the Boxing Border Control, the way they're gonna handle things moving forward, etc. Well, they need to get better, and they need to get bolder, and they need to get stronger, and they need to get more professional. You know, you've seen a TV show last week alleging racism against the British Boxing Board of Control. I didn't particularly like the way Eddie tried to weaponise that. I've got to tell you, I've got to tell was... you, by the way, that what a load of rubbish that is. I've got to say that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't yeah, agree I've, with I've, it I've at discussed all. it in a different format. Yeah. You, know, you look at the referees that are being considered, certainly Ian, yeah. um, and his performances that have come under question. He, We're talking about Ian John Lewis here, the Ian referee. John Lewis, yeah. yeah. I don't think he was taken out because... He was a black man. I think oh, he was taken on. out because his performance wasn't good enough. I, 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 I think the yeah, Asian I'll... fighter, the woman Asian fighter mm. that wore leggings and then said that ultimately the British Boxing Board of Control were unpleasant to her because she's wearing leggings and were racist, had a photo shoot done in shorts. So it was nothing to do with religion. Really? So it's all a bit silly, yeah. but the fact that Eddie weaponised it makes me feel 
that that's going to be an argument that he's going to advance in a different conversation if the outcome for Conor Ben doesn't quite go the way he wants mm. it to. Yeah, we'll we will see. see. We will we'll see. see. We will see. Yeah. All, I, all I really want, and all we always want, and we keep saying it because we feel like we've got to say it because it feels like people saying, you've got an agenda, is I just want Conor Ben to get himself together. Absolutely. Find, him, find his way through this. I'd love those bloody doctors that came on the show that said they had the medical evidence to prove that ultimately he couldn't have taken it through drugs. Yeah. I'd love those guys to get an older, an, 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 a hearing. Although, you listen to people like Thomas Hauser yeah. and, and Victor Conti that turn around and say, nonsense, yeah. that medical evidence is, is a very limited scale and yeah. complete nonsense. We're, we're, anyway, see. you and I have run out of steam with yeah. this somewhere along the line. <laughs> we have, we? We Big have. fight coming up. Last part of the show, big fight coming up. Yeah. Canelo Alvarez again. Yeah, Canelo Alvarez versus uh, Jamal Charlo this Saturday. Um, looking forward to it, actually. This is a good fight. Undisputed 154 against the undisputed 168 in Canelo Alvarez. Um, Charlo's a good fighter, you know. Like, don't Inactive, underestimate though. the fact that he's the world. Well, was the last time he fought? He, he hasn't fought for a while now. He's been Sorry, out for a while. Yeah, but don't underestimate that. This guy, he's got great shot selection. He's six foot tall. Yeah, Canelo Alvarez is five foot eight. So what I'm saying is... He will be yeah, comfortable fighting fights, at 168. He's fought bigger fighters. Caleb Plant was a big yeah, lump. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fighter, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I think Charlo, though, is great. He's, got a, he's especially effective with his right hand. He throws shots. He like, he's good at long range and he's good inside as well at short range. But I think if you're showing a blue, blueprint on how to beat Canelo Alvarez, Dimitri Bivol done that when he kept him at range yeah. with everything. So but has he got at, the power? Light heavy, absolutely. That's, yeah. the, that's the million dollar question. Yeah. What I'm saying, though, is. is it's a good fight. Alvarez, yeah. yes, starts the favourite, but Charlo's a Who good wins? fighter. I think Alvarez wins. Yeah, by what? I, by points. Yeah, goes I think he distance, wins on points. Yeah, goes the distance. I think he just outworks him, outmuscles him. Alvarez, as, as we've seen, as he's got older, and he maybe his best days may be past him now, and that's what the Charlo, that's where you give Charlo a chance. Because Charlo may be just a fresher of the two. He may get those combinations mm. off, but... The million-dollar question for Charlo is, can he keep Alvarez off for 12 rounds? And, and, and my thinking behind that is no. I think Alvarez will out, outman him. Enough not to get knocked out, but not enough to win. Yeah, enough fight. to get not get knocked out, but not enough to win. Right, that's it for episode 42 of Talk Boxing with Simon Jordan Spencer Oliver. As instructed by the producer, don't forget to keep liking and subscribing the videos. Keep leaving the questions in the comment section below. And myself and him over there, we'll see you <laughs> next time out.